This is Young Persons Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Colby Smith. This and every Sunday until the 11 o'clock hour, this and every week on Radio Free Brooklyn. Joining me today is a, a, a handful of guests. Uh, one of them is John Hudson. Hello, John. Hello, Colby. Thanks for having me on. It's a delight to be here on the YPR. Yet again, a return guest, longtime friend of the show. Long time, long time. You know what? That's what I say. And the other guest is, of course, Emily Duncan. Emily, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, never heard of the show before. Just popped on to say hi. Well, that's, that's good, because the first thing I want to ask you, Emily, has nothing to do with the show, really. <laughs> Actually, big fan. I got to be honest. Big fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now, sorry I said that. That was hurtful. No, no, no. It it only hurt. It only hurt my pride. <laughs> Been here before. Glad to be back. Thanks yes. for having me. You've done this show and the show within a show, which we call the overtime show. Yeah. Whoa! My what's this? Ever heard of this? Every so often, we do this thing called the overtime show, where we talk about three things: sports, esports, and the role of art in society. Oh my God! I mean, two out of three of those I love. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not big on esports either. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck art. <laughs> All right, uh, well, to each his own. <laughs> so, Emily, before we started recording, John was eating a hamburger into the mic. How do you feel about that? I'm all right with it. I couldn't hear it. If I had been able to hear it, I would have been bothered by it. Are you one of these people who is who just, like, can't stand the sound of people eating? Yes. Okay, so this is interesting to me because you make cooking videos for <laughs> <laughs> It's true, yes. And I turn down my own mouth noises when I edit my own videos because I also make them for myself on YouTube. Like I, I have a solo YouTube channel as well as the Epicurious videos. Mm -hmm. And I edit my own videos there and I actually remove the sounds of me chewing because it bothers me so much. As, as a viewer, I have to say thank you. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Emily, you made it sound like you have a channel where you make videos for yourself. Like, you upload your own <laughs> videos with you that only you watch. You know, in many ways, yes, that is exactly <laughs> correct. <laughs> what is the name of the, the YouTube channel? My YouTube channel is just called Emily Duncan, and it's just youtube.com slash Emily Duncan. Nice. Okay. And then I'm on Epicurious, which is a wonderful YouTube channel, where you can see people cook, including me. Have you gotten, so you, we've talked, maybe talked about this on the air before, that you are, you're like a, a commenter's darling. Is this correct? <laughs> the yeah. The commenters are like, we love Emily. Well, I mean, I would say that it's about 90% that and 10% people who absolutely hate me and do oh, not yeah. understand. They refer to me as like the moron woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't understand why the moron woman is still here. <laughs> Emily, do you think this is how, like, this is a alter ego of your husband just getting out, like, kind of <laughs> the, the simmering rage he has in a way that is healthy no. through the comments? No, he would never say that stuff about me. He loves me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I, ho I hope. I mean, I hope not. I mean, although if he did have, uh, like, latent aggression, that would be a great way to take it out because I'd never know. I just, I just assume that there are, like, five people who hate me somewhere in the world well, who yeah. come on just to be like, fuck that. <laughs> so this is what I was going to ask you, which is, if you had to guess if this was one person from your past. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that it's people that know me. I think it's, like... Unless it's you guys. Wait, is this a subtle hint that you guys are leaving those yeah. comments? Uh, uh, like, Emily, if you had to guess one person. 
Who's on Colby, this Who's on right the show? Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I had to choose between the two of you, I guess I would expect it to be Colby. What? Sorry, Cole. <laughs> nice. No. <laughs> You're a nasty guy, Colby. You're a nasty he's just, guy. He's a mean-spirited man. You don't always hear it here on YPR, but I'm telling you right now, behind the, behind the scenes, he is, ooh. Yeah, I would, say, I would say it comes out when anyone calls in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, which brings me to, I mean, I know we'll get there, but I did come in with some notes on the show. Okay, so that's good. So this is what I want. So uh, uh, real quick, uh, John, what's your YouTube channel? I don't have a YouTube channel. I used to be a niche YouTube celebrity in the realm of soccer content for teens. Yes. I was called the Stat Geek. It was on Kick TV, and currently I rub buffalo sauce on my face for football fans on NFL fan therapy. So, yeah. so niche sport disgusting content is kind of my, my realm. God, I love that. John. That's me, baby. I, I respect it. And the, the Stack Geek, it, it has legs, you know, just a year ago. Some, some uh, young gun stopped me in the street who clearly watched me when he was 14, and he was like, yo, are you Stack Geek? And, uh. Yeah, it's um, it's good to be the king. Oh, that's the other weird thing about Epicure or the Epicurious videos and stuff is that a lot of my fans, so to speak, are like teens. Like I have a bunch of teens following me on Instagram now. Like just le- legitimately teens. <laughs> like wow, T- so like teens, teens who cook. Uh, teens who watch cooking videos. I guess wow. probably. I think a lot of them cook or aspire to cook on some level. But I don't know that they all do. I think some of them just watch the videos because it's nice. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's ASMR for teens. Yeah. (laughs) People talking about measuring ingredients. Yeah, it's very, it is like a, a peaceful place, I guess, the, like the Four Levels series. I mean, as, as a devoted watcher of the Great British Bake Off, there is always a weirdly young contestant on that show who is like 18 or 19 who is, like, better than, like, everyone. Yeah, well, I mean, have you seen MasterChef Junior? I mean, that's just children cooking. And <laughs> they're pretty good. They're pretty so they're out there. You have to see them cry a lot, too, which is pretty nice. <laughs> I take it back. If anyone's leaving the meme comments on this Zoom, it's John Hudson. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just saying I like to watch a good child uh, have the worst <laughs> day of their life because they haven't really had any actual trauma yet oh man yeah oh so many of those kids are like so spoiled i mean i'm i i can't believe i'm coming on this to take down MasterChef junior they're so sweet they're so great but like the idea like some of them you see their home visits and they live in like mansions and they have like a chinois at home and like it's (laughs) like chinois it's like a sieve it's a special very fine sieve nice but i mean that might not be the best example but like just like (laughs) obscure kitchen equipment that i don't own you know like a mandolin or yes one thing know? that i am sure about is that uh for every day that i am alive for the rest of my life is a chance for me to uh, discover an obscure kitchen utensil or equipment that i didn't know about and then feel dumb for not knowing about yeah oh yeah because as soon as you find out about something i mean it's everywhere you're just like yeah. oh <laughs> of course yes. you idiots how else have you been poaching fish these last 10 years yeah <laughs> I just watched that movie, Julie and Julia. Oh, boy. You see this movie? I saw it in theaters. Okay, so let's... I love Julia Child. I didn't like the Julie plotline, but I love Julia Child. Yes, so I'm so glad you're bringing this up, Emily. (laughs) I would now like to do what can only be described as as an age-old segment on this show, which is Cole's opinions on irrelevant movies. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is to say, uh, let's just like quickly recap Julie and Julia for everybody. Amy Adams plays the biggest loser anyone's ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Amy Adams. I'm not coming for Amy she's Adams. She's amazing. Yeah, she's uh, the best. She can do anything she wants. Mm-hmm. But her character in this movie is a huge loser, and she does have what I think might be my favorite line in any movie ever now. <laughs> okay, I'm interested. At the beginning, when she's telling her uh, hot hunk husband, Chris Messina, that her friends are all like successful writers, she says, I should have a blog. I have thoughts. Oh, <laughs> and it's completely sincere. That was how um, people thought in the 2000s. Yes. I think that's part of why it's so great is because like, blogs used to mean freedom to me i always thought of a blog as like basically a diary where it was just like maybe someone would eventually like fall in love with it and you would get to monetize but like people did it just to like free associate i i don't even know where you'd start a blog now except for a business well (laughs) everyone who was a like a quote blogger in 2008 is like a twitter blue check now right it's about russia (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, probably. That sounds true. Tweets <laughs> about like what, like Russia, r- like Russian conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. Or, or it's it's all of like the verified people on Twitter who are like, "Who are you?" And it's like, oh, they had a dumb blog in two thousand and three where they're like, "Here's the thing about Iraq and why it's actually kind of okay." <laughs> <laughs> or they had a blog where they were talking about meringues in two thousand and three, but now they're also talking about Russia. Continue. Oh yeah. Okay. So wait, I'll do it. <laughs> Julie, which is Amy Adams' character, is like, I'm going to start a blog. Yeah. Uh, and she decides that what she'll do is she'll cook her way through Julia Child's famous book, cookbook, the, what is it called? The Art of French Cooking? Yes, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, which yes. uh, is a title that they land on at the end of the movie in this incredible scene where her editor at Knopf has all these words on, like, post, uh, on uh, 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 note cards just arranged on a bulletin board. <laughs> and they put she's like wait i've got it and then she puts them all together and it oh, says mastering yes. the art of french cooking god damn it that is so cool and it reminds me of one of my favorite movie moments which is in guy Ritchie's king arthur featuring david beckham at the end that you know they they kill the, the bad guy and they're like <laughs> <Go on. laughs> now now we're all knights and here here we're gonna sit at this table what should we call it and like digimon hansu's like what is it a dance floor and they're like, no, it's the round table. Oh my like, god! That's like the big, Woof. like whoa, <laughs> they, they named it. Oh man! Wow, that's tough. All right, Cole, do you want to finish telling the story of the movie? Yeah. So meanwhile, we're following Julia Child through her life in, I think, the '40s in Paris, where she learns to cook and she talks like a goose. That's how Julia Child talks. I know. It's so fun. She's Julia Child uh, is Streep in this, right? Streep yeah. Streep. Yeah, Streep, Streep bringing pulling it. out another fantastic performance. Well, Streep brings it. Emily, I'm going to have to push back on that because it's, it's heritage in my family via my dad to claim that Meryl Streep is actually a terrible actor. <laughs> and um, my, dad's, my dad's criticism of her is that she only acts from the neck up, which if you, if you watch her, I think you'll, you'll see. Oh, I don't know if that's true. Well, your dad's been reading a lot of Pauline Kael. <laughs> that's that's a whoosh for me, Cole. That's over my head. <laughs> that's who she said that about about uh, uh, Meryl Streep. Oh, okay, then that's act, where it came from. She couldn't act from the neck down. Maybe uh, Pauline Kael's been reading a lot of your dad. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> my dad is a blogger. 
<laughs> he has thoughts. <laughs> he should, he should have a blog. He has he thoughts. Have a blog. Anyway, so the movie concludes with what I would say is an overlooked element of this story, which is that Julia Child was alive when this when Amy Adams' character was doing this blog project and said publicly that she thought it was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I remembered that the movie ending was not very satisfactory and no. that I felt like Amy Adams failed. <laughs> yes. But like she gets a book deal. So it's like all fine. Yeah, um, so it's like my story. I just fail over and over again while cooking. And eventually people like me anyway. Exactly. A, a little bit of internet research after this, after I watched this movie revealed that the Julie character has written two books. The first one is called Julie and Julia, like cooking my way through whatever, like the first one was called. Mm -hmm. um, and the second one is called Cleaved, Meet, Marriage, and Obsession. Whoa. And it is about oh. how her and her husband had all these affairs while this was happening. What? Wow. Is it also a recipe book at the same time? That would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But it is the thing I would be very interested in reading. So anyway, Emily, you you mentioned that you uh, brought a bunch of notes for the show, which I think is good because both of you, as we've established, are, are no strangers to internet celebrity. And yes. you are here today to help uh, uh, Cole get a little piece of that pie. Yeah, uh, that's when Colby reached out to me about three hours ago to ask if I wanted to do this show. I said, yes. And he said, what I want is for you to give me some notes because I know that you are a world famous brand consultant. And I said, yes, that is true. So I have come in with my notes and let me know when you're ready. I mean, I think this we could just uh, go through them one by one if that's okay with you, John. I'd love to hear your notes, Emily. And then once I kind of have heard what you've done, mm -hmm. I could kind of add on to it in a way that feels organic, even though I, I didn't really prepare anything. Perfect. I know that you are also a world-famous influencer, so I'm sure you'll have a lot of insights to add as I go along. Yeah, and kind of shooting from the hip is, like, my entire vibe and style, so, like, it's going to go pretty good. It is yeah, John, very much I, I would just say, I would just say, John, if you had prepared for this, I would be insulted. It wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good. Because I know that you just kind of bring it, like, you in the moment is better than anything you could do from notes. Exactly. I'm like a horse with blinders on. Exactly. All right, I'm ready whenever you are. First note, hit us with it. All right, where's the website? Okay, so this is an interesting question. Uh, uh, where is the website? So there's no website for Young Persons Radio per se. Uh-huh. The station has a website, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, but you're right in that there is no website for the show. And that's okay. You know what? That's a, that's a fair note. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, if you want to build up the brand of this show, I would say first thing, hire me to write you a website. Uh, okay. I offer professional copywriting services uh, for landing pages for businesses small and large. Next up, mission I mean, statement. Emily, Emily, that all sounds like really good, but I mean, ugh, there's no way you're good at Wix, is there? <laughs> you know, I'm okay at it. Me too. I have a <laughs> perfectly fine website that I actually just renewed lately, so... Me too. Also on Wix. <laughs> what, what, um, what URL you got, Emily? Emily-Duncan.com. Nice. See, nice. I, I can get my proper name. So I, I'm johnhudson.org, which nice. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a crime because I'm not 
like you know your dot orgs are your nonprofits and stuff but i'm ju- i'm just a guy <laughs> i like dot org i went with emily dash duncan because all the variations on emilyduncan.com were taken do you want know my dot org stands for what do you want to know yeah orgasm <laughs> that, that's that's what my i realized as i was saying that, that my parents are going to listen to this i i got i got self-conscious about the joke <laughs> i got self-conscious about the joke all right cool next up i think okay. you need a mission statement you're gonna need like a founder's letter or a mission statement maybe some brand guidelines because if i'm being honest i think first thing about the show it's all over the place what yeah. what is its voice really? So I would say we should we should just sort of draft a founder's letter together really quick. I think that would be like a really good use of time since I've got Probably you back I here. absolutely agree. Okay, so a founder's letter would start with um just kind of like a good greeting, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Um do you what do you guys think of sup bitch? Perfect. Okay. Well, well it's what about- voicey. <laughs> Should, should it be bitches? Because are you talking to kind of a... Oh. See, John, you, that's exactly why you're in this meeting. Do you, want to, yes. do you want to feel more individualized? See, Colby, that's a decision that you're going to have to make. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right, John. I think we should go bitches because I don't want only one bitch to be visiting this website. Right, yeah. You want many bitches. And we all know who that one bitch would be, and their name is Tim Keck. Tim Keck? Big fan of the show. Little bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Emily, I'm glad you said it because I didn't have to. <laughs> we were all thinking it. <laughs> Just kidding, Tim. I love you. He's going to be listening to this at home on Sunday. And he's gonna I be know. Like, hey, I know. Hey, <laughs> wait a second. He's a great guy. Yeah. Sup, bitches. Perfect. Right, it's your boy, on. Kolb. Great. Welcome to my show. Okay. My show is called Young Persons Radio. And so far, you're on the right track. Go on. And the name might be confusing to you. Now, what does that mean? Well, often I get, uh, uh, you know, people who come on the show who uh, feel like they need to make like a joke about the name where they're just like, oh, it's it's for uh, for young people. Is this a show for... uh, for kids, I'm 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 over thirty. I'm not young, mm. and I want to kind of address that right away uh, as the thing I don't want. Right. So, are you going to start with what like thirty is young? Yeah, I'm going to say okay. Let's start from the top. All right. Sup, bitches. Great. It's your boy Cole. Uh huh. Welcome to my show. It is called Young Persons Radio. Thirty is okay. Mm. <laughs> I think you're on the right track here. I think that's great, Colby. Okay. Thank you so much for choosing my show to listen to. There are uh-huh. so many shows out there. A lot of them are better than this one and more professionally produced. <laughs> so it means the world that you would be here with me today. One of the things I like to do on my show is take calls. I can't do that right now because I can't go into my studio because the st- the building is on lockdown because of the coronavirus. So instead, what I do... Well, you should probably put parentheses COVID-19 in case that's how they know it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yes, okay. okay. Um, just make Maybe it don't apologize for the way that the show is now, you know? Just, uh, just be bold about it. Like, okay. own, your, own your no calls, you know? 
Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's a good see. point. I'm, I'm going to take a big red pencil through the top of this. Colby, I think you should also refer to it as the 5G coronavirus. I'm going to strike that one. Uh, okay, I'm going to unstrike it, so. All right. Well, agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> do you know what? What? Hmm? Go ahead, what, Colby. Do you know what 5G stands for? What does it stand for? Five good orgasms. Whoa, nice. Up top, I'm giving you a high five. Ding, 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 ding. All right, so let's, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start this thing over, okay? <laughs> okay, yeah, give it to us again. Sup, bitches, it's your boy, Kolb. This is my show, Young Persons Radio. It's funny, it's fun, and it's got a bunch of nobodies as guests. But what <laughs> we... Perfect. <laughs> but what we try to do is have a good time have some calls, talk about stuff that you like, and build a, 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 a fun hour for you on a Sunday morning. Okay, see you on the flip side. Cole, I have seen worst first drafts. You've done it. You've got a mission statement. Okay, see, here we go. Colby, can I make one ad? Yeah. I think it's important to tell people kind of what you're like, right? You know, like you want to have like, if you're pitching a TV show, you want to be like, okay, it's Entourage meets Walking Dead or something. So I think you should be like, okay, it's like um, the Chris Gethard show meets Joe Rogan, something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, like the Golden Girls meets Joe Rogan. Okay, you know? cool. Mm. Okay, cool, yeah. So I think this, I would say this show is like, are we sticking with, okay, yeah, you're right. I would say that this show is like Bill O'Reilly meets Woody Raffy. Allen. Woody Allen? Did you say Raffy? I said Raffy. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's like Bill O'Reilly meets Raffy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why not? Ma, chef's kiss. Okay. Now, what you've done, John, is you've set us up for where we have to uh, make up a Raffi song that Bill O'Reilly would sing. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, I don't think we should say any of the things that could be in that song. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not yeah. Let's all just take a moment to imagine it. Yeah. Put that one on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put, yeah, that one's behind the paywall. Sing it on your OnlyFans. <laughs> Oh, which brings me to my next note. Topics. <laughs> topics. Sorry, oh, I thought you said topless. Well, that's where we're heading. Uh, topics. I think, you know, maybe there are some hot topics that you're not touching on as much as you could be. Now, one of these, actually, I have to take back because I had a, a few ideas for topics you should touch on. Maybe maybe as much as is humanly possible. One is food. People love food. They love they talking really about do, food. Yeah. They love listening about food. So consider more food segments, maybe a recipe section. Okay. Uh, two, dogs. People love dogs. When okay. I'm on Instagram, all I see is dogs. Mostly because that's everything I've followed. Um, but I think if you could get a dog on the show, maybe, or just talk about dogs, that would help. And then finally, nudes. People love nudes. So is there a way that you think you could work some naked women or men into this thing? Um, I definitely, you know, I definitely could think about working that in um i think one of the things that i learned from my hero bill o'reilly is that um naked women are to be pursued at all costs yes um no matter uh what 
the risk to your um <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah you get it okay um so yeah that's something i've definitely thought about and i appreciate you bringing it up i i guess i'm wondering what it would look like in audio form i mean i know that uh audio porn exists like like porn for the for the deaf sure you mean the blind the blind yes i do mean for the blind is there a way to just maybe work a visual element into the show? Yeah, I guess that's for, I guess, yeah, that's true. We could do like sort of kind of like a, a visual companion yeah. to the mm-hmm. show on mm-hmm. Instagram. Like on Instagram, it's like, hey, look who's on the show this week. And then you swipe to the right and it's like a, a pair of big old A tasteful nude. Wow. Yeah, yeah. What? I said oh, a tasteful said, okay. nude. But... So you said a tasteful nude and I said a pair of big old nasty titties. I said, wow, nice to both. Could go either way. Uh, I would like so just to, something to consider. I would just yeah. like to kind of piggyback on Emily's idea because when I'm working with a brand, I'm all about synergy, and I think like we want to go sexy, we want to go dog. Let's let's bring on a sexy dog. Like let's see a red rocket out there, um, Don, just kind of lip sticking out doing its thing. Amazing. Yeah, I want to see some doggy dick. Hot okay, dogs, so, Colby. So this is going to be a problem for me because I find dog penises to be thoroughly revolting. They are pretty. Everyone important. does. I, I, I mean, I get sick to my stomach when I see one. Put it back, put it back in there. Sheath <laughs> that thing. Just, just so disgusting. <laughs> just yeah. like, just the worst thing I could imagine is like a little erect dog penis. <laughs> I think when, when we spay dogs, we, we don't go far enough by just doing the balls. We should cut no. it off. I, oh, no. I think we should cut them in half short ways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> that brings me to my <laughs> These callings. Is there any way they could be funnier? Have you seen the show Frasier? See, on Frasier, all the call-ins are funny. And I'm just wondering if there's a way to make your call-ins funny the way that Frasier's are. Yeah, like this Tim Keck guy you always have calling in. Is there a way he could be, like, funnier? You know, I think we've, we've, Tim and I have had a lot of private conversations about this uh, kind of off the air, and I'm happy to, you know, kind of bring them on to the surface now. And, you know, one of the things we tried to do was kind of give him like a segment, like a recurring thing he could call and talk about. Um, mm-hmm. His oh, medical sm- issues, for example. Exactly. His medical issues is one of, that was one that was on the table. Um, Favorite smells. Favorite smells is is the one that he ended up going with, yeah. Um, and I think he only got, I think he's gotten like three of them, um, like ten through eight. He's gotten to. Um, Was one of them basement? Because that's the best smell. Basement. Yeah. What the fuck, Emily? Everyone knows basement smells good. It smells like mold. It smells so good. Depends on the basement, I guess. Depends on the basement, but you know that, that basement like parking garage smell. Okay, I, I, yes. So I was thinking of my basement, which um, smells bad. <laughs> no, the other basement smell. Like a parking garage smell. Yeah. Yeah, see, this I like. Can be, yeah. That could be pretty nice. This yeah. is a really good and interesting addition to the list. Basement smell, I'm telling you. Or parking garage, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's great. Well, you're welcome. You're thinking more corporate basement smell rather than suburban basement smell. I've smelled that smell in a lot of houses. Okay. So you guys both know Tim and you know like what his call-ins to this show are like. So I guess mm-hmm. my question for you is like, 
when you hear Tim Keck's voice, what is the thing you think, oh, I hope this guy talks about this? Something, I, he, something he's angry about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, also, like, just what problems he's having that he'd want to ask a therapist about. <laughs> <laughs> I love the show, Frasier. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying a little hard to drive towards pressure i know i just wanted to go for it anyway yeah okay yeah okay can you guys hear this beeping? someone's backing up yeah i got a good beep yeah. in my ear yeah, yeah this, this is really awesome okay. i'm glad you guys can both hear that though because otherwise <laughs> ooh, i'd be in trouble you're going crazy <laughs> uh yeah. Okay. So yeah. So so we'll we'll get we'll get uh, Tim working on some new stuff. Great. Um, great. 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 Uh, maybe setting out some ground rules for the callers would be a great idea too. Um, mm. I can think of one right away, um, which is uh, uh, stop sucking so much. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Take those callers down. Come in hot or don't come in at all. Now, John. They they you, can't call in now anyway, so. Yeah, they can't. Yeah. Sorry. Well, this is given that the pandemic is is really, I think, kind of necessary in that it gives them time to think about what they've done. Just reset, clear their minds, and see if they can't come up with some better things to call in about. Exactly. I mean, none of this just, I, I get these, I get these so many, so many times people just being like, oh, I just saw on Instagram that you guys are talking. What, what have you been talking about? And it's like, eh, maybe wait for 30 seconds before you call in. Here's what I say. I say, show up and glow up or grow up. Yes. Now, John, you have what I would describe as a perfect track record calling into this Oh, show. Colby, that's, that fills my heart with joy because I love to do it and, and I, I, I want to enhance. I don't want to detract. Mm -hmm. What you do, and this is a strategy that I think people could definitely take if they wanted to, is I, I will go like, uh, like Collier, you're on the air, and John will say his name, his thing, really quick, and then will most often say, "I'll take my answer off the air," and then hang up immediately. <laughs> yep, exactly. Wow. So that's it's your show. It's not my show. That's why I do it. It's your show. I want to hear you guys do the thing. Uh, you don't go to SNL and you say, you don't go say, "Hey, hey, Colin, can I do the update tonight?" No, you you sit in your goddamn seat and you listen to Colin and Che crack it up. You say your one thing and you get out of there. Yes. Yeah. One well, thing is for sure is that I definitely sit in my chair and listen to those guys crack it up. <laughs> <laughs> I just love watching them do their thing, man. I know. I mean, yeah. when they the the thing is, is they just they get so they give so much. Yeah, and they don't have to do this. They don't have to. I mean, Colin's loaded. He doesn't have to do this. He just he yeah. I mean, he could coast off that Scarlett Johansson money. And they yeah. do share a bank account. I've heard. Wow. I've heard that when they got married, Colin Jost was like, "Hey, let's go down to the PNC and open up a joint bank account." And hmm. Scar Joe was like, I don't see anything wrong with this. And That's they, why they're America's favorite couple. Yeah. People, people love both of them individually almost as we love them together. I call uh, them Scar Jost. Yeah. Yep. I co-sign. <laughs> you Jost sign. I definitely feel the same way. I Scar Joe sign. Yeah. Emily will not shut up about how much she loves Colin Jost and Scar Joe hands. I just, I love them together and individually for 
a bunch of good reasons. They're so. a real benefit for the late 2010s. They totally are. I, I think one of the, you know, whenever they did the first SNL at home episode, people, I would say unfairly, made fun of Colin Jost for having an acoustic guitar very, like, <laughs> openly displayed on his couch behind him. Yeah, unfair. In all unfair. The and it's like... Who among us doesn't have an acoustic guitar splayed on their couch at this moment? <laughs> I mean, I have a couch just for my guitar. Right, that's the guitar couch. The guitar and when people try to sit on it, when they come over, I say, don't sit there. It's that's the guitar, for the guitar. couch. Yeah. And I'll tell you, my, my aunt watched that, and she had COVID, and it cured her COVID. That's not at home. It did. Well, I'm so happy to hear that your aunt's feeling better. It, me too. I mean, when are we going to get to hear him strum that thing? I want to hear what songs he knows. I want like hear... Chekhov's acoustic guitar. Yeah, some like Staten Island folk ballads. <laughs> oh, I know he's got them. <laughs> Uh, we'll take a moment to just think about what the song for that might be like, and we'll post it on the OnlyFans later. It would probably be like, <laughs> like, like, oh, uh, Frankie made the best spaghetti. In the- <laughs> I've, got, I've got one. I'm a cop through and through. Yes, sir, that's true. And if you're one of the following races, then I don't like you. If you're a da da, and then you get, they kind of go on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can all imagine where it would go from there. It's I most of them. I can't really imagine. John, would you please keep going? No, sir. No, sir. Boy, oh boy. Well. <laughs> all right so we've we've added music to the show now which i think is was that on your list emily you know it wasn't but uh that's just what brainstorming does you know it like brings out the best in your brain snl always has a musical guest so that's true yeah Good point. maybe i should get uh toots and the maytals to be on the show damn that would be nice yeah you think the roots would play this show i think they would yeah um I mean, God knows they're not uh, hanging oh, with Jimmy any yeah. longer than they're on the air with him. They're going to bring that Jimmy guy with them, though. He's going to tag along. He's going to play a bunch of children's instruments along to the song. Oh, boy. And he'll be drunk. You know yeah. what? I take it back. Leave him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leave Jimmy. Too much trouble. Well, Colby, that actually brings me to one of my notes for you, which I've just um, thought of in the last 30 minutes, which is... One of the most important aspects of growing an audience is to collab and give away. You need to do fire collabs with people who are going to expand your audience. None of these loser New York comedians like myself and Emily. You need to get on on Jake Paul. You need to get on Logan Paul. You need to get people who are going to expand your audience and you got to do whatever it takes to get them. Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, I've been thinking a lot when it comes to like booking guests, I've been really thinking about like trying lately. Um, right, 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 right. And I guess I just want to like throw some names out at you guys and like see if I, I guess like give them, give them like a number rating from one to five as to like how hard you think it would be to get them on the show. One Mm -hmm. being not hard at all. And five being like really hard. Okay. Okay. And these are like, this is me thinking big. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Okay. Uh, Chrissy Hind from Chrissy Hind and the Pretenders. Okay. Uh, 
like like a three maybe okay okay john do you never heard of her okay all right never heard of her okay uh radika jones the editor of vanity fair isn't that, isn't vanity fair the um also meryl streep no you're thinking of uh you're thinking of Hannah and her sisters. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm always doing that. <laughs> I know. You're always talking about Hannah and her sisters. John. I just love Hannah and her sisters, of course. Well, they're all great. <laughs> they're all so hot. Each sister better than the next. <laughs> yeah, just like Pride and Prejudice. Whenever I meet a, a, a hottie named Hannah, I'm like, hey, tell me about your sisters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl, got any sisters? uh okay on that note five i would give her that's a five that's gonna be a impossible five. all right this is good yeah. to know um uh this is, uh, speaking of hannah and her sisters uh diane weist mm, like a two okay re- okay i love this who's that diane weist she's an actress she's did you, fantastic. Oh, okay. john did you see the movie dan in real life oh uh, no i wish Okay. I've been dying to see that movie forever. I can't find it. It's not on any of my streaming platforms. I want to know what Dan is like in real life. I want to know what happens when Steve Carell lays his head down sideways on those pancakes. I got to find out. He seems so sad on his pancakes of sadness. morose. But that's what real life is like. That's why I want to see it. Yeah. It's, it's cinema verite. What you will learn from the movie, John, is that it's really hard to be a guy with a dead wife. Mm. I could have told you that much. <laughs> I, was just gonna say, uh, I know you know all about that. Yeah, what's the hook on this? Look, I've I've acted in a play as a man with a dead wife. I get it. Have you really? Yeah, you were you were both in it. I don't remember. Oh yeah, the goddamn escalator play. Oh, of course I remember. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and you were very good and Thank heartbroken. Thank you, Emily. So were was, you, and so yeah. was Colby. Thanks. Thank you, John. And so were you, and so were Kintad and Calvin and Emily. We were all great. It was a perfect play. Ryan could have been better. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, revival's right around the corner. <laughs> could have could have not uh, uh, brought so much heat to what he... <laughs> <laughs> It was a little too passionate, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, got any more celebs you're thinking of bringing on? Okay, yes. Um, Al Pacino. One. Get him. Get One. Him. He'll, do, yeah, okay. he'll do anything. That's genuinely true. I saw a movie called, oh shit, what was it called? It was about a uh, journalist who like goes to Somalia. It's like a, like a white kid Canadian journalist who goes to Somalia and to like do journalism and gets like involved with um i don't know violence or whatever but al pacino is in a very minor role at the start and the end of the movie where he's like the mentor journalist and he is so clearly phoning it in and it really showed me that he will do any project oh wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i just watched this movie called the insider with al pacino Okay. <clears throat> it's a, a a Michael Mann joint. Nice. And it is awesome. It's an incredible movie, and it has 
what I think is a really underrated Al Pacino line, which I will now perform for all of you, which you. is the following. I'm getting two things, pissed off and curious. <laughs> that is so good. Ooh. Oh, that is awesome. I love that. I'm Isn't sold that on that movie already. Isn't it great? It yeah. came out in 99. Man, the guys, that guy's run in the 90s. This is one of our favorite topics on the show, is Al Pacino's run in the 90s. That is like, it starts with uh, him winning an Oscar for The Scent of a Woman, goes through Glengarry Glen Ross, uh, uh, Heat, um, and then I guess a couple other ones, and then ends with The Insider. I mean, that's incredible. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the man's a monster in a good way. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's so good. Fuck. Shit. Yeah. Oh, I, I also that. saw him in a play where he for sure hadn't learned his lines yet at the time that I saw it. Okay, so I would love to hear any stories about this. Okay, so he was in, uh, I think it was a new David Mamet play a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It was someone famous. Uh, it might not have been Mamet, but it was someone in that sort of realm of playwrights. But he was playing like pretty much one of the only characters in the play. Uh, and when we went to, I went to see it with a theater school I was working for at the time. And like, it it became clear about halfway through that he didn't know, like maybe even what was going on in the play really. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know that he memorized the plot of it, <laughs> uh, let alone his individual lines. And he had a cell phone he was on the whole time uh, in the play. But uh, I think that they were using it to like help feed him lines. Oh, wow. Uh, like, he was going up on lines so much. It was, like, Amazing. like people left at the half point. I went, I stayed through the whole thing, cause, but no it was, like, way. super long because he was just, wow. like, ran, rambling. And then at the end of it, spoiler alert, he kills his one assistant, like, one of the two other characters in the play with a, like, a toy airplane. But it was really clear that the airplane was made out of styrofoam because it, like, squeaked as it hit him. <laughs> and so, like, the murder scene lost all, all drama. I, it was in previews. So in oh, fairness to them, incredible. it was like, uh, like, it wasn't ready yet. But right. I, I wow. heard that it only got marginally closer <laughs> to, to whatever was supposed to be done on stage. Because it mean, closed pretty quickly. That is fascinating to me. I, I feel like that would almost be, that in a way would be almost as good as seeing him, like, crush it. Yeah, I had a great time in certain ways. It was just like, oh, fuck, this is a wild experience. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. Wow, I'm jealous. <laughs> if you got Pacino, you got to let him ride. You can't contain the beast. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, he'll do anything, but will he work hard? No. Um, I, Colby, I want to go back to something that you said, which was about the director, Michael Mann. Yeah. Which is, I saw uh, a snippet today of, um, like, directors were able to ask um uh spike lee questions and michael mann asked a question being like hey like when you're a director you never really know what like other directors processes are so how do you make sure you're keeping your vision going throughout the duration of a film like day to day like do you wake up do you take a moment to center yourself and figure it out and spike lee was kind of like yeah man you know we kind of like you 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 know how it is you feel the vibrations (laughs) <laughs> like Michael Mann asked this, like you know, nerd director question, and yes. Spike Lee was like, "Shut, come on." <laughs> and Spike Lee was just like, "Chill, yeah, just relax. You, you, you'll take care of it. You got it." <laughs> that is so funny. 
<laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I feel like also Spike Lee's like such a strong artist that like he probably doesn't have to think about like what his vision is for the movie because he just has it. You know? he, yeah, he probably does. Totally. I mean, like guys like that who are just like so confident in their own voice that they like trust that more than any like process or anything like that is like fascinating to me. Like I, I don't trust myself at all. Mm-hmm. Which maybe is one of your notes, Emily. Oh yeah. So I do have one final <laughs> Trust note. Trust yourself. Uh, one, uh, one final note, uh, which is this host you got doing it. Uh, who is oh, this guy okay. anyway? I mean, it's called Young Persons Radio, but like, how old is he? You know. Let's get an actual young person. Let's get one of these preschoolers you teach, Colby. Let's have them host a show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the the Peppa Pig review podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen to it. <laughs> Honestly, it's probably great. out there. Yeah, that might, that probably exists already. No, you're doing great. Uh, I think you've got a great thing going on. Just uh, keep on trucking, you know, and talk more about dogs and nude things. <laughs> yeah, and food. Let's and not food. forget food. Food, dogs, and nudes. If people came on this show and they were like, hey, what were you talking? You were like, food, dogs, and naked people. Every time, <laughs> they'd be like, damn it, I wish I'd listened. I mean, that's a show right there. I'm in. I'm in. And it's on the Barstool Sports uh, Network. <laughs> and we each get paid half a million dollars a year. To Shout do out it. to the stoolies. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys up on this on this Barstool Sports? Uh, oh, the Call Me Daddy scandal? Call Her Daddy thing, call yeah. Her dad- yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. Give uh, me some info. Well, Emily, what I would like to point you to is the Call Her Daddy podcast uh, feed where the owner of Barstool Sports recently put out his own episode on this feed to talk about the contract negotiation problems that he was having with the two hosts. <laughs> oh my god. Which I think what we have just done is given birth to next week's episode of this show. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the, I'm gonna get the head of Radio Free Brooklyn to talk to <laughs> <laughs> We've been having issues with Colby Smith yes. <laughs> that we'd like to address. Oh, oh, I wish I'd had this idea a couple weeks ago when this was topical. Oh my god, that's really funny. This show should be recalled. It should be renamed "Late to the Party," right? Like yeah. that's a way better name for like who I am and what I do. <laughs> that's kind of good. Late to the party, or or like uh, early exit, maybe early I mean, exit, early exit. Party. Yeah. Late yeah. to the party's better. Late to the party's great because it allows you to have a recurring segment where you review old movies and yes. give a hot take. <laughs> On Julie and Julia. <laughs> yeah. So I have a problem already with this, which is that there is a podcast called Late to the Party uh, that is literally about catching up on movies they haven't seen. Well, shit. Can you yeah. make yours later to the party? Later to the party. <laughs> never arrived at the party let me ask you this Miss are they the party. famous <laughs> uh no i don't think so um Colby, just over... sorry knock go ahead him down no i was just gonna tell him to punch him over and uh, tell him to go fuck off okay so a bit of a twist here this only lasted 11 episodes in 2016 so there you go it's i can the ip is available the IP is yeah. available. And um, being late to the party on calling your podcast late to the party. <laughs> That's uh, <also> funny. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John, you were saying? Oh, I was just going to say, speaking of IP, I, I know we're, we're starting to run out of time. I want to make sure we don't lose 
site of discussing the fact that Emily is the recent author of a published uh, erotic novel. So, John, before we get into this, can, okay. I, can I tell you what IP stands for? Please. I put my penis into a vagina and have an orgasm. Okay, yeah, baby. Now we're talking. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to go a lot simpler. I thought it was going to be IP when I orgasm. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Because some of us do. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what that's what. That's what it is, man. That's what it is. It's all P, baby. Okay, so yeah, so so I'm uh, I'm glad we're like ending on this because this is one of my favorite things to ever happen to a person I know. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of peeing when you orgasm, let's talk about my romantic. (laughs) (laughs) What questions? Yeah, what to start? So I guess we should back up and just like say what we're talking about, which is. That Emily Duncan, the the charming and talented guest you've been listening to this whole time and watching on Epicurious and on her YouTube channel, is also the author of an erotic novel. Technically, it's a romance novel. Okay, it is, but we it both is, know. Yeah, it, well, I just, doing. I only clarify because it's not rated R. It's like, it's rated like PG-13, Okay, basically. yeah, you're right. Erotic novel is kind of its own... Content. Yeah, I know because yeah. I've also written an erotic short story. <laughs> but it's less easy to find. <laughs> so this book is called Rescue Ranch. Yes, a, a billionaire cowboy pilot doctor kind of love story. <laughs> that is exactly correct. Now, I lobbied to have the title be Billionaire Cowboy Pilot MD, uh, but the publisher was having none of it. Okay. Boo. <laughs> what happened to to a, an author's vision, huh? Right, I yeah. tell you. Actually, otherwise they've been very good, and they were probably right that Rescue Ranch has a little more broad appeal. So, how did this come about? All right, so long story, but not too long. Um, basically, uh, I freelance on the internet, so I am easily not easily, but findable as a employable writer on the internet out on freelance websites and stuff like that and so this company reached out to me probably two and a half years ago now and asked if I wanted to write them an erotic short story uh they had me like send a sample first and I sent a page of romance novel that I wrote um just to be able to apply for romance novel jobs Uh, anyway, so they, they hired me to write an erotic short story, which I then did. Uh, and in fact, that erotic short story had both, uh, sex between men and women and women and women. And, uh, I was writing the, I, I was past my deadline on the way to South by Southwest because I was working for a software company at the time and I had to finish it on an airplane. And so I had like my laptop out so the person next to me could read it. And I was like writing this thing being like, oh my God, I'm flying into Texas writing lesbian erotica, like. I hope this person next to me is cool. Um, and she leaned over and was like, my wife and I like these bars in Austin. And I was like, you are the nicest person I've ever met. Wow. Uh, so that was a cool, funny little thing. Anyway, they loved the short story that I wrote. Um, the company is basically like people that used to work for bigger uh, romance novel publishing houses that decided they wanted to strike out on their own um, mm-hmm. and sort of change the way that the monetization works. Ooh um in terms of just like like they're giving me a higher percentage of the commission from it than I would get at a traditional publisher but also less of a fee upfront which kind of gotcha you know but I really don't have a ton of 
experience in the field, so I was happy with anything. Because when someone asks you to write a romance novel, you say, okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, long story short, they liked the erotic, no the erotic short story. They were like, hey, we have some ideas for romance novels like that we want writers to write. We like what you did. Would you want to write one of them? And I was like, yup. Um, and so they sent me a list of ideas. And one of the ideas was billionaire cowboy pilot doctor. And I said, I will take that one. That is incredible. Um, yeah, and then they sent me like 10 pages of character notes and just like basic plotting details. Are you at liberty to share some of the other options that you did not choose? Uh, you know what? I honestly don't remember them because it was a couple of years ago, but Fair that enough. was by far the most fun one, which is why <laughs> I picked it. Um, uh, but yeah, and then I went, I set to and wrote like a novella that was a romance novel and now it is available for purchase and there will be a paperback version once uh printing paperbacks becomes easy again because they want to do a check uh on it before sending it out and it's just been delayed because of the covid everything which is cool but yeah there will be a paperback version probably in the next few months also but right now it's available uh for download on amazon and you can download it uh and use the kindle app for desktop or your phone um or you can read it on your Kindle if you actually have a Kindle. But if you don't, I you have can a still Kindle. read it. <laughs> and if you do have a Kindle, great. <laughs> um, Emily, can I pitch you on the erotic novel I want to write? Yes. So the premise for this erotic novel, and I, I'm welcoming feedback for this, is that it's kind of like your standard one, except no euphemisms. Too many times in these romance novels, they use euphemisms for all the naughty bits. No euphemisms. I want it to be like, and then he... She touched his penis and he said, that feels good on my penis. And he said, I like your vagina. And she said, nice. Stuff like that. Yeah. All right. I'm interested. Here's, here's my one note that you might want to think about <laughs> is having written that kind of stuff before, it, it does become, even when you're using a bunch of euphemisms, it ends up feeling really repetitive mm. because there are just only so many words out there for dick and vagina. Right. Um, I would counter-argue that, having not done this before, by saying that people love P and V, and they want to hear those words as much as possible. Possible. I mean, listen, I would say write it and, like, see how it feels, because, honestly, you might be onto something, John. Yeah. We'll see what the marketplace of ideas decides. The marketplace Emily, of ideas. Emily, would you feel comfortable publicly committing to helping John get whatever he writes published? <laughs> I would feel public I would feel comfortable publicly committing to doing whatever I could uh, which would be very little I have very little power but I'd be willing oh, to try have you have okay. you have a lot of sway okay. after you got, you got a lot of sway writing I've got yes. pretty much no sway but I hear what you're saying and I would be delighted to help John in whatever way I could you got more sway than a willow tree Emily <laughs> I think that's good and I'll take it thank you that's extremely trust me that's extremely good it's the highest compliment I can give Trust wow. me, Emily. I'm writing it down. That is good. That's my affirmation for tomorrow. More sway than a willow tree. Than a willow. Wow. Tree. She really is a writer, just writing things down even now. Yeah. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they pay me the medium bucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, thanks for asking, though. Uh, it is... Uh, insane that I've now written a romance novel. Uh, I read a, I read some romance novels to prepare for it, um, and what I decided was that I could for sure write a pretty decent romance novel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, if you have read it, 
to the my mom who is listening. My mom's already reviewed it, so this isn't helpful to her. But if anyone's listening who has read it, uh, if you could review it, that would be very helpful. I'll do it. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, John. Well, we now come, folks, to the end of the show, the final segment, uh, which we've been doing lately, which is that we end every episode with an improv scene. And What? Uh, and yes, this is completely oh, real. Finally. I've been dying uh, to improvise. And... Uh, I'm going to go to a random word generator site and then we're going to do a scene uh, really quickly. Um, and our word is uh, spirit. Here we go. Oh my God, a ghost. Guys? I, uh, well, I, I feel like I, 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 I tried to call out, oh look, there's a ghost, but uh, I don't know. Now it's kind of lost its luster. I mean, he's spooky and all, but really, you do it for the attention, you know? Cole? Yeah, there's no ghost here. I, I was just I was just wearing a little rag with eye holes cut out of it. I'm just trying to bring some spookiness into the town, because ever since the old Halloween cancellation, everything here has been so dang joyous. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've been feeling that too. It's like, I feel sad on the inside, but the whole town is so happy, you know? Also, hi, John. It, it's funny to see you. I thought you were a ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I, I can understand that on account of the white rag over my head and the eye holes cut out and the noises I was making, but I wasn't a ghost at all. It was just me, John, from the town. You know me. I live next door. And yeah, like I was saying, I just, I hate how joyous everything has been around here these days. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, you were doing a really good job at being spooky, though. I mean, like, I was like really frightened for a second there. No kidding, because, you know, I always thought that I wasn't spooky enough because I never went to scary school. I got a traditional liberal arts education, which made me feel like I was only ever cut out for doing things like, I don't know, analyzing texts or um mm. reading yeah i hear that i went to school for analytics and uh, sometimes i feel like all i can do is push the abacus back and forth you know what i mean hey Ooh. did anyone call the ghostbusters oh uh. yeah i did but it was okay listen this is I funny wish. uh this is my friend i thought he was a ghost he's actually just the guy who lives next door would you guys be willing to like traipse around the town a little anyway just to like shake things up around here make it Hold seem on. like there might be a ghost you mean there's no ghost i mean hey man i could put on this sheet and you could bust me all the same like there could be a ghost okay let's do that come on chase me and bust me i'll bust you put out that sheet on yeah all right here goes Ooh, i'm running oh it's so scary a ghost a ghost I'm Ooh, bust me bust me get over here let me bust you that sounded like a johnhudson.org. Bye. <laughs>